Hey y'all, my name is Nicole Rowan and this is my podcast, a space to encourage you, share biblical truths, get all of these thoughts in my head out and introduce you to some amazing people along the way. For more info, you can go to NicoleRowan.com. As always, I'm here to share about things that seems to be happening to everyone or everyone is experiencing and yet not a lot of people are talking about it. So leave it to me. Welcome to the Nicole Rowan show where I talk about all the things that nobody wants to talk about because it's super uncomfortable and nobody wants to do it. (laughs) I know I'm sure there are some people sharing about this, um, but I, I just, I'm not seeing it. So I want to talk about witchcraft inside of relationships. Since we are in the month of October, and October just reminds me of, you know, the enemy's holiday, I want to talk about witchcraft inside of relationships. And how do you know if you are experiencing or are a part of um, of friendships or relationships um, that are actually entangled in witchcraft? Let me give you a backstory. A few years ago, um, I had an eye-opening realization experience, if you will, where I finally took a step back in my life and I evaluated um, all the relationships that I had been in and relationships that I actually thought were were close and, and ones that were near and dear to my heart. And I took a step back and I began to examine conversations, even some people's expectations. I began to examine um, what people gravitated towards and why maybe some of those relationships were in my life. And and this was a several year process, but I came to terms that I was actually involved in relationships that were, I don't know, lack of other words, messing around with witchcraft. Now, what do I mean by that? We didn't have a black book. We didn't do seances. We didn't, you know, do any of those things that would be very, um, you know, out there. (laughs) You would know immediately. Um, But it, it was other things and things that maybe you have experienced. Things like gossip. I mean, good grief, the amount of gossip, even in Christianese language that makes it seem like it's not gossip, but really it is. Uh, things like um, manipulation uh, for control, you know, things where um, expectations were were twisted and there were things that were expected where the other party was unaware of. But when those things didn't happen, um, there was a, you know, a cutting out or a cutting off, if you will. So I know that I'm being vague. Let me let me just jump in. How do you know if you are in relationships where there could potentially be some witchcraft swirling? Well, like I mentioned, the first thing is gossip. And I know we, we've all heard about this. We all know it's not right. I mean, you're a believer or not a believer. You know, you probably shouldn't gossip about people's not good vibes. It's not good look on you. Um, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you know that scripture is really clear actually like super clear about gossip and yet we still struggle with it right like gossip betrays confidence and reveals secrets right that's the definition in psalm 101 5 it says that 
The Lord hates gossip. I mean, that's a very strong word that the Lord hates gossip. Whoever slanders his brother or neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will not endure. The devil breathes out lies and spreads strife. I mean, that is a really powerful and a really strong statement, right? Like the Lord hates this because we are all his sons and daughters. And regardless if we deserve it or not, it is not our role as believers to participate in gossip. And I've done other podcasts on that, but but the the, the thing I want to point out about the the witchcraft is anytime you are in a relationship where it feels confusing, where you feel entangled, where things don't add up, um, where, where you have a low trust level. Um, so let's just say you're, you're talking to a friend and they're sharing a story about a situation in their life. Um, and somehow you're involved in that and you just feel super confused and you say, Oh, here's actually, here's what happened. I know firsthand you explain to this friend and they still can't hear you. They're still talking about it or carrying on or trying to bring it up and you become confused. I believe that is a form of witchcraft. Confusion doesn't come from God. God is not a confusing God, right? Like he is clear and he speaks and he has grace for all of us in the forgiveness that he carries, we are supposed to carry. So it shouldn't be confusing, right? <clears throat> I love in 2 Corinthians 12, it says, um, <laughs> for I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I, I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, right? Like th- this is, this is Paul talking about this, right? Like this is really, again, a super strong word. I mean, him saying, I- I'm afraid that I might not come with who you want me to be because I'm afraid I'm going to find these things, this discord, jealousy, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come again, I'll be grieved over many who have sinned and who have not repented. Uh, We have some strong language around some of these things that I I think is just a breeding ground for witchcraft. Now, do you have to have a witch in your life in order for witchcraft to be present? I don't think so. Are there witches out there that look like your pastor or, you know, your Christian friend? Sure, right? The, I heard a quote that says, the devil doesn't come in a red suit and horns. The devil comes in all the things that you want, that you desire, that you want to obtain. It it might be someone in front of you um, that you think that you've known for a long time, but there's just this trail that seems to follow them or that they create, right? And the scary thing is, how do you express to someone 
that they are dabbling in witchcraft? How do you share with someone that they are in witchcraft? For several years, I had these dreams about some friends of mine, and I adored these friends at the time, and um, I, I kept having these dreams. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. Why do I keep having this dream about these people? And it wasn't the same dream, but it, it was similar in what was happening. There was always confusion, control, manipulation in the dream. Well, in in real life, when I was awake, I never experienced this from them. Never. They were kind. They were gentle. They were loving. Uh, they were pastoral. Um, it was so bizarre for me. I, I, I rebuked the enemy for even trying to taint my vision of them. Well, fast forward several years later, um, the things that I had been dreaming about actually came to the table. It actually came true. And those people acted like the people in my dream. And I was so flabbergasted. I was just like, what is going on? But a lot of times God will give us warnings. He'll give us inklings. You know, a lot of people say, go with the gut. No, no, no. Don't go with your gut. Go with the ghost. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is within you. He dwells inside of you. And he is always always praying on your behalf and trying to petition and show you what is happening. If we will just turn on discernment and partner with the Holy Spirit, we would be a people who walk by the Spirit and understand these things far ahead of time. And that's one of the things I wish that I would have been able to see in some of those situations early on. And the reality is, if there's something like this happening in your life, you're not going to be like, well, I think there's witchcraft. Somebody come and call me out. No, it's going to be the last thing you want to do because pride is in there. And pride doesn't come from the Father, right? <laughs> so, so we have to have people in our life who can be honest with us. We have to have people in our life who can say, hey, I disagree and I want to tell you why. I want to point out these things to you and it doesn't feel good. It's awful. It's painful. It hurts our pride. It hurts our image. It hurts who we thought we were. But the reality is it's a protection that we have to be able to receive. We have to be able to understand and to welcome in and to ask for in order to grow, in order to avoid some of these situations. We have witchcraft running rampant in our churches. We have people gossiping and slandering one another and then getting up on a stage and preaching a message. We have people you know, committing horrible things outside of a Sunday morning, showing up to a church and pulling people into their sin. We have things inside of the church, manipulation and control because people don't get their way. It is rampant in our churches. It is. Now we are a fallen people and we have been saved by the grace of God. But I'm telling you, you want to run far, far away from these situations. You want to run as far away as possible. 
And it will be, uh, you know, not always clear as to why. You'll say, oh, but God, I loved that person. Or Lord, I loved that church. But you'll know because of the discernment and the Holy Spirit that you carry, something is not right. And so your obligation is to go and talk to them. And if they are unable to receive, your obligation is to rebuke them. And if they are unable to receive, your role now is to get away. And I know, again, that, that it's much easier, right? <laughs> much easier said than, than done. You know, there's a, a scripture in Titus. It's a Titus 1, 13, I think. And uh, the scripture says that, you know, rebuke people sharply so that they will be sound in the faith. Well, when is the last time you heard a message where your pastor stood up and said, you can rebuke me sharply if I fall into sin or your Bible study leader or your high school Christian teacher or your Bible school professor or, you know, just someone that you're in a Bible study with? How about your friend? How about your best friend? How about your coworker? When is the last time someone said, rebuke me, (laughs) rebuke me sharply? If I've gone the wrong way so that I can have a strong and sound faith. But this is what Titus is talking about, right? This is why this is so important that that we would have a strong faith, that we wouldn't be tossed, that we wouldn't be unaware. And I know this is a weird topic. (laughs) I know that it's, it's kind of a strange one. But the Bible says that we will give an account for every word we said. And I, I don't know about you listening, but for me, it's humbling. For me, I, I've, I, I almost have to repent every time I read that because I'm with four little kids all the time. And so I probably say things, you know, raise my voice in ways I don't want to. And so I, I have to repent every time I, I, I read that or think about that. And, and maybe for you, it's true as well. And the reality is God is forgiving. And we're held accountable to the things that we know. And so now that you've listened to this podcast, you are aware of the scriptures and what it says. But witchcraft will play itself out in and around you under the umbrella of control, under the umbrella of witch, uh, I'm sorry, um, not, not witchcraft, but manipulation. It's all witchcraft, control, manipulation, under the umbrella of gossip, under the umbrella of slander. When we are slandering one another, I think that this grieves the father's heart so much because if someone were to slander my kids as a mama, oh my goodness, mama bear would come out. And I don't even love my kids in the way that God loves us. So I cannot imagine the heart of the father When he hears his kids slandering one another, brothers and sisters slandering one another, it's just, it makes me sad even just thinking about it. You know, there's another verse. People do not love this verse. It's Matthew 18, starts in um, uh, chapter 15. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take two Take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax 
collector. We are to go to people alone when they have sinned against us. What does that mean? When, when you've heard that they've slandered you, when you've heard that they've betrayed you, when you felt that they've betrayed you, well, we are to go to them. And when they don't respond, we are to take people. And when they don't respond there with those witnesses, then we're actually supposed to take it to the church, which this is, this is scary territory. I'll be honest. I, I mean, I've, I've helped start several churches and we've never brought anyone before the church and said this person is a liar and, and they've slandered and we've, we've never done that. <laughs> but that's what the scriptures say. And then essentially it says, you know, and if they refuse to listen even to the church, then basically have nothing to do with them. And it's a, it, it's a, oh man, it's a sobering thought it's a sobering conversation that we would look at our lives and at our tongues and at as our bodies as a living sacrifice unto the lord that we would not partake in any of this junk because it is rooted in witchcraft it is rooted it is rooted it is rooted in witchcraft and it is time that the followers of Jesus got just a little bit more bold to share, <laughs> to, to be honest, to, to openly um, rebuke people for the sake of their souls, not for the sake of, of putting them down or, or, you know, getting them in front of people to be embarrassed or shame. None of that, right? None of that. Even the woman thrown at Jesus' feet that everybody wanted, you know, Jesus to kill, he, he, he forgives her. And so it's, it's, not, it's not about outing someone, if you will. It's actually about the holiness. It's about the holiness of what God wants his sons and daughters to walk in. Holiness is not popular. <laughs> holiness is not a popular topic. Why? Because we're comfortable in our Christian sins. We're comfortable hidden behind all the things that we have tagged trauma or shame or blame on. But really what that is, it's the enemy has a little bit of control over you. And you're doing what he wants you to do. By slandering, by gossiping, by trying to manipulate situations, by trying to manipulate relationships in your life. There's some of you, you have relationships in your life and they give you the, if you don't, then I will fill in the blank statements to you all the time. Well, I'm telling you friends, that's witchcraft. If you don't do this, then I'm going to just not ever speak to you again. If you don't do this, well, then I'm just not going to have anything to do with you again. If you don't. And it, it, it's not the way in which we are to live. It is partnering with witchcraft. It is partnering with control and with manipulation. And I'm sure anyone and everyone listening to this has had to walk through something like that in their life. And it stinks. And I'm so sorry. But we have to be people who can see this, who can discern this, who can be aware of what this is, all the while keeping our hearts pure and our love on towards one another. 
right? The enemy wants us to just like a little, little snake. He gets in there and he wants us to say, can you believe they said that about you? Can you believe that they rebuked you? Can you believe that they called you out? Who do they think they are? Who do they think they are, right? Because this is Satan's exact verbiage to God. Well, who do you think you are? Oh, if you're the son of God, then ba ba ba. If we pay close attention to the things that people say to us, the things that we say to ourselves, the things that we might say to others, we have to go, is this God's language or is this Satan's language? Is it God's grace (laughs) or is it Satan's grave language? You know what I mean? Like, is this what the Lord would have me say to his son or his daughter? Or is this what Satan would really enjoy me to say? We have to pay close attention, friends. We are living in an incredible time where God is on the move and things are being revealed and things are being so just exposed in front of us. It's so much that it's hard to even believe that it's true because it's out there. But I believe that this is the goodness of God that he would reveal things to us so that we don't get caught up in things, so that we don't partner with people, so that we don't say yes to the wrong circles or to the wrong ministries or to the wrong businesses, so that we would be so aware of his presence. We would be so aware of where he is and where Satan is. We know that the enemy holds no power unless we give it to him. And I believe that we can give it to him through partnering with witchcraft. And I I get that's a big statement. And and maybe for some of you, that's a new statement. Maybe for some of you, you're like, "This, this girl has lost it. But there are Sides of witchcraft that include the things that I've talked about today. It is a twisting. It is a, it's a manipulation, right? It's the use of something that is not godly in order to harm people. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's an evil evil, evil thing. And we cannot, as people of the light, as salt and light to the world, we cannot participate in this. We cannot. And the quicker that we are able to open our eyes to see this, the quicker that we are, you know, able to open our hearts to know that there might be some of this around us or heck in us, then we can repent and we can move on. You, you know, First Samuel 15 even talks about rebellion and, and it says rebellion is like the sin. <laughs> it's like the arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Rebellion is like, some versions will say, um, like the sin of witchcraft. And then it goes on, it says something really scary. It says, because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. I mean, you have to go back through 1 Samuel and read through that. It's, It's powerful. But the point is that even rebellion is a form of witchcraft when we know what is right and we don't choose that and we rebel against God. 
when we rebel against him, we are participating in a form of witchcraft. So I feel like this was a heavy, a heavy podcast, but my heart was stirring around this topic because I just, I've been in ministry for 16 and a half years and I've seen this and it burdens my heart because it makes me want to um, not be around believers. (laughs) You know, it makes me, it makes me not want to, to say that I'm a Christian because of what we, I'll add myself in there, what we have done what we have displayed in front of the world, no wonder people don't want to come to Christianity. No wonder people are leaving the church because the people around them have not displayed the love of Christ to them in the way in which they should have. I'll end with this. Galatians 5 chapter 19 says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions. I mean, it says that it's, it's, it's the flesh, the flesh will desire the things that are so obvious. These acts are so obvious. It goes on to talk about in, in verse 21, some more things. And, and then I love verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. (laughs) Crucified our flesh with our expectations with the things that we put on, uh, we've, we, uh, we've been crucified with Christ. We no longer participate in the things of the world. We no longer participate in the slander and the gossip and the hate and the discord because we are now the salt and the light of the world. We have, we have been crucified with Christ and we carry the fruit of the spirit, which doesn't include witchcraft, doesn't include some of those nasty things that I've mentioned. But instead, love and joy and peace and kindness, goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I mean, those are the things that we want to attain and become and carry and release. But there are some people you are in relationships and it is full of witchcraft because of the twistiness that goes on because of the people that those around you just cut out. It breaks my heart when I hear people get just cut from churches. How does that even happen? Yes, I know that there are situations where Maybe people need to, you know, be sent to another location for a while, or they need to come under some submission and counseling. They need to get help, you know, if it were extreme situations. But because there is a, I don't know, a disagreement, we don't cut each other out. We are part of the the bride of Christ. We are a part of this body. We're all going to the same place. We're going to have to see each other for eternity if we make it, Right? have to understand that that we who belong to Christ Jesus have truly been crucified 
the passions and the desires and, and the things of the world, they have been sent to the grave. And our new mission is the fruits of the Spirit, is, you know, sharing the gospel, not sharing gossip, not slandering one another. There's so much, so much, so much, so much, so much, so much of this. It is insanity. So much of it makes my my heart so sad. But we have to talk about it. We have to understand if there are relationships that you are tied to and there's witchcraft involved. I mean, the scripture says to rebuke it. And if they're unable to listen, then you'll leave. And unfortunately, I, I had to walk through that several years ago. It still makes me sad to think about it because it's crazy what manipulation and control and demonic activity will do to people. And there will be people who won't, you know, believe what you say and they'll side with the people that you're rebuking uh, or vice versa. And it's painful either way. But the reality is you stay in the lane of Christ. You stay in the lane of purity and holiness and he'll take care of the rest. All right, my friends, that is it for today. If you got anything out of this podcast, please go subscribe and leave a five-star review. And until next time.